thanks a lot. Awesome for me to be with you again. Um, when we were sitting here in the first service, I was just thinking back <coughs> 31 years ago when we came to the church. And of course, we had the entrance area there next door, that was the church. And I still remember the area was just Bloberg Road and of course a few rows of houses on either side. And we hadn't been here very long and I got stuck in the mud in Rots Drive, not too far from Bayside. So you can see how the area's grown and how our church has grown with the area. Awesome. <clears throat> this morning, I am gonna speak to you about a grateful and serving heart. And when I say heart, we see that from the heart comes our values, uh, the values of gratitude and servanthood. Our church, I believe, since I've been here uh, and before, it was called the Garpe Church, which speaks of love. We've always been a special church, um, very down to earth. And what we try to do is to teach and model the heart, the desire, and the actions of Jesus. Awesome. We're not perfect, we've made mistakes. Remember, there's nobody perfect except God. Um, but we've endeavored over the years uh, to make this happen. Um, and so today our focus on values that come from the heart is gratitude and servanthood. And I just think back to the early days, we've always had a heart for worship. We've had so many worship conferences. Uh, there was a time when the whole, uh, the whole idea was to write songs and God gave us awesome songs. Um, we did albums um, and we took the albums around the world. The whole idea was that gratitude for God could overflow reaching people. And of course, Pastor Andre was in the band, uh, in our band. I mean, they had a song that was on Radio 5, um, <clears throat> a Christian song, obviously. And um, I don't know any of you know that Andre was on Idols back in the bunker, first Idols, second Idols. So yeah, that, that's information you didn't know about Andre. Um, and of course, our serving, we've just loved it. I remember my wife, Jenny, was the first person to work in Danoon. Danoon was a farm, by the way, with a few houses. And she was actually helping them to grow vegetables on the farm. So how things have changed. Um, uh, she, she came to start a street children's project and our church supported it. One stage in the early days, we had three social workers, one totally dedicated to anybody who was homeless or street children. And we just carried on, it became salt. Um, and of course, we've had this amazing outreach uh, to kids and schools, which we carry on today. Before COVID, with all of you churches, we were getting up to 1,200 children from a trick downwards a weekend. And that has just been the steady heart of giving, serving the generations. Amen. So we've, we try and do our best to serve as many people as possible in the areas that God has called us to serve. We can't do everything, right? Uh, God led us to start a mission in Zambia. But I always say this, if you feel a heart for Tibetan monks, you probably need to find a church that sends missionaries to Tibet or Tibet, whatever it is. We don't do that. You understand? Okay, so now to start off speaking about gratitude and servanthood, you've got to start with the heart. I want to say this to you. In this world we live in, you cannot consistently be grateful and serve unless the Holy Spirit 
is in your heart. And I'm going to read Romans 5, verse 5, one of my key scriptures. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, comma, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. So when our hearts are filled with His love, we always know that God loves us, that He destined us, amen. But that love overflows uh, into gratitude and serving, amen. So it's always a heart that is being changed by the Holy Spirit, okay? So we never stop allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. And of course, gratitude, um, love will always bring gratitude. Someone once said this, that God lives in two places, in heaven and in a humble, grateful heart. So uh, we can say that gratitude is the clearest sign that Jesus Christ is both Lord and Savior, Savior and Lord, amen. There's gratitude, <clears throat> and that's why we are different to this world that complains, protests, marches, tears things down. And, and guys, I am not saying anything um, against the fact that we need to stand up against abuse, okay? Um, absolutely, that, that's what I love about this generation. They're saying no more, and right? No more racism, no more gender, this violence. That's awesome. But we can have such a vengeful, bitter heart um, so I believe we're better able to minister in those areas if we have a grateful heart. Our gratitude always starts with the fact that we have the gift of eternal life. That in a million, 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 million years time, we are gonna be in heaven with God rather than millions of years in flames, right? Okay, that's the truth. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And of course, our gratitude flows into every area of our life. You know what, as Christians today, we no longer often say thanks when we eat food. But you know, what a blessing, what a privilege it is to have food. So we need to restore gratitude for the small things. Amen. Think of the nation of Israel. They murmured and complained in the desert. Guys, I don't know what you are like. But if I spent time with just eating sand every time there's a windstorm, right? And I'm only eating manna and quails. I don't know whether I wouldn't be complaining. Anyway, God said, absolutely no. And all of them died in the desert and never reached the promised land. So guys, we know that gratitude is so important to God. Guys, remember this, God is not looking for a perfect person. So you say to me, Graham, I'm out of this because I don't know, I'm, I mean, I watch, uh, I listen to Cape talk and, and after that I'm moaning about everything um, and I don't wanna change that. And I watch this TV program and that on social media. I don't think I can be grateful. But let me tell you this, God is looking for hearts that are seeking Him. And in seeking Him, God who knows everything sees the potential and the capability in a heart. Remember when, when God decided that Saul would no longer be king, he looked for someone, found David, a man after my own heart. Remember David was never perfect. We know the story of David's life, but his heart beat at one with God's heart. But that takes time. And when you come to the Lord, our values are not maybe your values. 
Maybe you don't serve. But guys, I want you to chill. Let God change you week by week. Awesome. And we're gonna do this journey together. Think of Jesus' diverse disciples. If you were given the task of finding 12 people to be the foundation of a religion, Christianity, that's still gonna be flourishing in 2,000 years' time, would you have chosen those 12? I mean, there was a number of tax collectors. Remember in those days, they were hand in glove with the Romans. I mean, that was state capture deluxe. But he's, uh, these jolly state capture merchants were chosen by Jesus. There were these rough, uneducated fishermen. You might say to me, Graham, well, I, I don't have two degrees. I'm not, I don't have a trick. Guys, it's not your education, it's your heart. And I tell you what, God will educate you and help you. Actually, if you need normal education, He will open the door. It's not about education. Okay, Judas hardened his heart. Remember that every one of us has a choice whether to harden our heart or not. Okay, I'll mention more about that a little later on. But King Solomon, one of the wisest men to have ever lived, gave the following advice. It's recorded in Proverbs 4.23. It should be written in the cover of your Bible. This is what it says. Guard your heart above all else. What do you guard above all else? The million dollar ring you've got in your safe, cough, cough. Um, your car, your house, is it insured? Is your house insured? Is your car insured? Listen, there's a lot of Jags around. You don't wanna, you don't wanna go into the back of a Jag and be uninsured. <laughs> okay, so there's a lot of things that we protect. But he says, above all, protect your heart. Amen. Why? Because it determines the course of your life. Wherever you are going is determined by your heart. And out of your heart, flows gratitude, it flows servanthood, generosity, and a whole lot of other wonderful things. So you know what happens? In the, uh, every day, um, we kind of make decisions in line with our values and we don't budge from. Remember, your values flow from the heart of God, but they protect your heart. Okay, so if you're firm with your values and you, you don't budge, you make a, I'm not gonna budge. I tell you what, you're gonna protect your heart. You say, no, 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 I know, I know that I've just been ripped off by somebody, my business, everything. Hey, I'm still gonna be grateful to God. I'm still alive, my heart's beating. You know what, God will find me a job. All those things. I remember somebody in the church got money out of their bond. I still said, it was, a, it was a view group leader, gave this money, those people never gave it back. I bumped into, they, they left the church, I bumped into the wife, she was bitter. And she, I said, but you should never have taken money out of your bond. But she was offended and moved away. No longer grateful. So please don't budge. Let's, let's make a decision not to budge. Psalm 92, 1 to 2. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. How many of you don't have a good voice? Put your hand up. You can sing in the shower. Okay, awesome. Give praise to God. It says in brackets, in the shower. Okay. You see, he talks about God and he swings and talks to God. He said, it's good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning. You know what? Don't just sing about God. Why don't you sing to Him? Praise Him. He says, good. 
He says, your, your, your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening. Oh my goodness, the kids forgot their lunch. They didn't do their homework. They were fighting at the breakfast table. You were late for work. The boss was in a faulty mood. Client let you down. You get to the evening. <coughs> what are you singing? <laughs> Ooh, you got a croak, 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 croak in your voice. Your, your, your faithfulness, God. Okay, so morning, evening, awesome. Some questions just for you to ask, just for you. Briefly, are you a natural complainer? Stop. <laughs> Do you thank God throughout the day? Oopsie daisy, make a list of the things God has done for you during the day. You know what, that taxi that nearly rode you off, it didn't ride you off, thank God. Okay, do you have a growing testimony? Because you know what, when you keep adding a list of miracles. I find if I thought about a miracle yesterday, I hadn't thought about. Can't remember what it is now. See, it's terrible. I need to write it down because then your heart of thanksgiving and gratitude will grow. Do you praise God in your circumstances? Not necessarily for it. If somebody's done something bad, you don't say, God, I thank you. The guy took all the money out of my bank. No, but you praise God in the circumstances. Why? Because Romans 8, 28 says, for God will cause all things to work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his person. Awesome. Guys, please know that I'm preaching to myself as well. Okay, okay. Servanthood brings lasting fruitful change. Guys, that's what we want. So when you're serving people, remember it's not your job to, to analyze whether they are, are growing and all the rest under yours. Leave that to God. And sometimes you, you're ministering, you're serving someone, it doesn't seem to be working, all of a sudden they flourish. So it's not your business, but what you do want is lasting fruitful change. Amen. Where am I? Yes, okay. That happens when there is a flow from our heart because there's an anointing from your grateful heart. Uh, that is being changed. Remember all of that. So life hardens our hearts and we, we can become cynical. That's why I always come back to Psalm 139, 23, 24. Lord, show me the state of my heart. Yes, show me my anxious thoughts. Point out what offends me. Is God offended by the way you and your spouse talk? There's so many things. The way you think about your boss, talk about your boss. And you know, anxious thoughts, every day we have a different level of anxiety. Maybe depending on your bank balance, depending on what you've seen on social media, the horror story that's going around, the crash that took place up the road. Our anxiety levels change. And you know what? Your anxiety will block your faith. It'll block your gratitude and it will block you from serving. Right? God, show me my anxious thoughts. Show me the state of my heart. I want to tell you a funny story. It's not in my notes. One day, man, someone in the church had really done me a dirty, oh, it was so unfair. And you know like when somebody puts a knife in the back and it comes out the front? And our church was next door. Thank God that Sunday I wasn't preaching. Thank God, everyone said, thank God, Graham wasn't preaching. So I'm standing at the side and I just said to myself, sure, Evans. I always use the surname when I know that I'm not in good space. She, Evans, your heart's hard. In that moment, the Scottish lady gets up and she said, the Lord just showed me there's someone in the church with a hard heart. Come forward and God will change your heart. I thought, lady, little do you know that you're pastor. Anyway, just, just throwing that in for nothing. Okay. <laughs> awesome. We got to get on moving. Yeah. Okay. So now remember, most of us want to serve. We do. 
God's in our lives. We, we want to. We, we want to help people. Um, but there's always so many obstacles and so many distractions. And you know, it starts in the family. It's the kids and the grandkids. Uh, it's, it's your mother-in-law. It's the, the people at work. It's your, the maintenance of the broken car and the fridge that's coughing is lost. All this stuff distracts us. The pets. I remember, man, we've always had bull terriers. They're distracting. And we had this little missionary staying with us. She didn't have much money. It was quite a few years ago. And she came to stay with us. We wanted to bless her. And my bull terrier ate all of her underwear. And next minute, we look around and the dog was pooing panties and bras. We had to rush him off at midnight to that vet up at Panorama. And you know, I just left exhausted. <laughs> so I want to ask you, what is distracting you? And you see, God wants us to serve despite all this stuff. Sure. You know what? Can I say this? You might say, sorry, I want to say this. Why don't you just do your best with what you have now? You might be the mother of seven kids. God bless you, seven kids. Yeah. But, and so maybe there, you can't do a whole lot of things. But you know what? God will always bring that one. We preached about it. That one person. And I just wanted to uh, say something to you. Yeah. Yeah. Helping a person may not necessarily change the whole world but it may change the world for that person. Okay, why don't you be happy with changing the world for that person? Put one at a time, awesome. So these things are so good. But you know what our biggest challenge is? The people we're serving, they take us for granted. Nod your head. They have unrealistic expectations. You know, I had a lady that came to me, uh, it was August, she said, I'm leaving the church. I said, whoo. She said, I had flu for three weeks. And you never visited me. I said, I, I didn't know, firstly. Secondly, I was also had the same flu bug for three weeks. She said, that doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit should have shown you I was sick and you could have sent someone out. Bye, I'm leaving the church. I just thought, okay, Lord, okay, okay, okay. I didn't give up, thank God. I came close. Um, do you know that? Yeah, so selfish spirit entitlement. Do you know that people don't remember the thousands of times you helped them, only the one time you didn't? Right, okay, 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 okay. Devons, we're not going to get all negative here. So what I want to say to you is, working with people, you've just got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesus, you died on the cross for me. Jesus, you sacrificed. You modeled it for me. Otherwise... You know what? You're going to have this serving spike and you're just going to go down and become anonymous in the church because you have burned out serving. Okay. So questions. Has life hardened your heart or you soft and compassionate? Are you cynical? You believe that most people have a bad heart. You were sniffing out the bad thing. I told you. I told you that she's like that. Okay, fine. Uh, guys, I'm not talking about the discernment. Hey? And it's funny, I suppose, uh, guys, the wives discern far better than we do. So listen to her discernment, not the moans or the sniffing. Okay. Okay. What is distracting you from serving now? How can you overcome your present obstacles to your serving? Or can you work around them? Guys, your one-year-old baby that's got, that's still got colic after 12 months is not an obstacle. Been away. So you work around it. God, what can I do? Can you start a group for mothers? I don't know. Awesome, isn't it? So where are we? Yes, okay. Jesus wants us to become servants like him. Why? 
Why does he want us to become servants? So we can touch people the way he did. Okay, hear that? Just take that home. That's your take home. Remember that it's not in our human nature to want to be a servant. We're afraid that service will open us up to abuse. It also fuels our insecurities. You say, I'm not insecure. Yes, you are. Someone once said, you know what? I've never met, an, I've never met a minister who's not insecure. We all have insecurities. Uh, we feel we're not good enough. People don't like us anymore. We're going nowhere. We're unappreciated. And we weren't born for this. We were born for greatness. Okay. Now, I want to tell you a story in the Bible. John, James and John, of course, they became the senior disciples with Peter. Peter, James and John. She is scheming because she's a helicopter mom. She wants to get her kids forward. She comes to Jesus. Will you do me a favor? When you eventually are ruling the universe, may my sons, James and Don, be on the left and the right-hand side of you. Oh, my hat. Um, and that's quite an interesting thing. Because you know what that shows you? Things like anxiety, pride, selflessness, the wrong way to love your children. I don't know. Guys, we're all human. Why was she anxious about that? So some questions, what fears are preventing you from serving? What do you fear? What insecurities in your life make it difficult for you to become the humble servant who believes that others are better than you? Gulp, gulp, Philippians 2 verse 3. I've sat down, I had to wrestle with that. The Word of God says, believe that everybody else is better than you. Yeah. We struggle with that sometimes, don't we? Are you a helicopter parent willing to do literally anything to get your children to the top of the pile? Helicopter parents, we all close our eyes and raise your hand, especially the mamas. Come on. Okay, dead silence. Let's move on quickly. <laughs> what did Jesus say? Matthew 20, 24. Okay, now this question has come. The mother wants it. It says, when the 10 other disciples heard that what James and John had asked, they were indignant. Guys, when you push your way forward and you're not the humble servant, you're going to get division, you're going to get strife. They were furious. But Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world, this world, lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Guys, I don't have a golden throne up here. We don't have, armor, I, don't have uh, I don't have bodyguards. I don't wear an Armani suit. We don't wear robes. We don't have titles. The right reverend doctor, apostle, prophet. Woo. Not in the Bible. Turn to the person next to you and say, that's not in the Bible. Okay, awesome. So we're all there. Okay, we're all there together. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. No, you're joking. And whoever wants to be first must become your slave. Nah. That must have been a mis misinterpretation by all the scholars. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. If you want to know the heart of Jesus, it's just been expressed. So this statement must have been very puzzling to the disciples. Why? Because in the human world, whether 2,000 years ago or whether today, measures greatness differently. It's in your wealth, your possessions, your position and your, or your status, your achievements. Men and their motor cars. I remember when all my kids at university, we had these five cars. I fixed the car because they were at three different universities. 
old cars that we fixed one every two weeks. I worked out. And I had this a two-cab bucky. People said, how can the minister of a church this size have a, have a bucky? Guys, what a terrible thing to ask. I don't have status. Guys, we can't become status lovers. doesn't matter what your car looks like. Achievement. In our modern culture, we're obsessed with winning races, cups, trophies, awards, medals, high position on the leaderboard, aren't we? We're competitive. And I'm confessing to you that I'm a competitive person. I, I um, coached a junior soccer, different junior soccer sides for four years. I was so competitive. We only lost 10 matches in four long seasons. Two and a half games a season. And I remembered every game I lost. That's competitive. I just went, and the kids were just one. Coach says we've got to win, score the goal at the last minute. My question is, in our competitiveness, do we sin? Does a competitive spirit prevent us from being humble servants? I did a bit of research. It's very interesting, by the way. How many truly great sportsmen have spent millions on social upliftment? LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Funny enough, Ronaldo, I didn't realize it. He quietly spends millions helping people. So I'm saying, however you might be competitive, I think as I've got older, I've managed to, I've managed to work on it because I know that I cannot allow myself to become proud of the medals, winning the Super League and all that stuff. So those are things that become part of our identity, right? Okay, can I still leave it all now? You think about it. Okay, but we're called to fix our eyes on Jesus who measured greatness in terms of humble service, not status. He came to serve, not to be served. Right, it's easy Okay, time is flying. As I said to the last service, you're gonna miss all these incredible points. There's no time for them. Okay, fine. <laughs> My last main point on serving. It's easy when you served for many years and served well, maybe a little bit older. Actually, funny enough, about five years make you older. It's easy to graduate from serving to be served. I. I do think it's very important for um, people to honor and respect. And maybe when you're older, it's good to have that respect. But you know what? You can never stop serving. Big mistake. Maybe at your current state or age, you're not the person to carry a huge stack of chairs. I tell you what, you can direct traffic in the car park. You can welcome someone. You can counsel someone. And if you're a businessman, why don't you mentor young business persons, right? There's so much we can do. But what happened with the disciples? They'd become celebrities. I mean, everything just exploded after Lazarus was raised from the dead. Jesus comes into Jerusalem, palm leaves everywhere. They're part of his triumphant entourage. And Jesus sees that this could, this could prove a problem. So at the Last Supper, takes off his robe, gets a basin of water and washes their feet. They're embarrassed. Funny enough, Peter said, you're not gonna wash me. And he said, if you don't let me wash you, you cannot be one of mine. Have you ever thought, sometimes we can be so proud, we don't want anyone to help us. 
that if you don't want to be helped, you're stopping somebody else from serving. So it's two ways. You serve and you let people serve you. Is that, a, is that something for someone, yeah? Okay, awesome. Guys, it's a misunderstanding to start a modern day foot washing culture. Gross. Don't run around washing everyone's feet at, uh, uh, at, at View Group. The washing is related to the culture and walking on dusty, muddy roads in sandals. Okay. I remember visiting a church and the, and, and the whole leadership were washing people's feet. It was Durban, February, sweaty. And I'm thinking, oh my word, you want me to take these socks off? I got up and ran for my life and I'm still running. So don't do that. What it means that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to serve someone, however menial, that's all. It's, it's not, that's why we don't run around seven times hoping that walls of Jericho are gonna fall in. The whole big thing is trusting God to do it His way. Okay, you're all with me. So what did Jesus say? Because Jesus had two ways of working with people. One, model it. Two, teach and challenge. Parents, right? Don't tell your children to do what I say, not what I do. Your children are gonna do what you do. If you moan and complain, they're gonna moan and complain. You say, this teenager, remember that? Model it and then teach it. If you've never washed dishes, why do you want, why, am I, why are your kids gonna wash dishes? Hmm? You don't wanna take the rubbish out. You don't wanna mow the lawn, but you say, you do it. You do it and then say, then you explain to them that as a dad, you've got other responsibilities, but you're a servant. You, as a young 14-year-old, you can mow the lawn. My dad, we had these those old days of those, um, the, no electric or, or powered mud. It was this jolly lawnmower that always got stuck and we had this huge garden. The thing wouldn't go around. It was always blunt, but that was my job. After washing their feet, Matthew 13, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I'm doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Remember that, parents? Parents, because you're struggling with teenagers. We all are with pre-teens pre and now the, another new teenager. Um, yeah, do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their masters, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So God will bless you for serving. I've got a number of questions here. I'd love to have gone through them with you um, about a test for you on where your serving heart is, but we'll do that in view group. One, but the last one is, I'm gonna read it quickly. Are you faithful to the ministry God has called you to serve in this season? Are you reliable, dependable, pillar and foundation stone in that ministry? Do you hang in when it's tough, either personally or, the, or in the ministry? Are you a motivator and influencer in the area of serving? Let us pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that we've had this awesome opportunity, Lord, to break up your word, to share your word. And God, we know your Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Lord, that in this world where so much is up and down, so much rubbish is happening in the political world everywhere, Lord, we can end up doing a lot of muttering. We, we struggle with gratitude. Our hearts get hard. But right now, Lord, we ask your Holy Spirit to pour a fresh 
jug full of love into our heart. Lord, there be a heart of forgiveness, a heart of sharing. I pray that that new infusion will bubble over in gratitude that the world doesn't understand and serving that the world will never understand. God, that we will know that obedience to you being released, Lord, that you will raise us up in due season. So God, I pray that this church will continue to be an awesome serving church. And all of us, Lord, we say, God, help us, direct us, strengthen us to serve. Guys, one question, as we close, the most important question, um, is, are you right with Jesus? Remember, the greatest act of service was Him dying on the cross. Guys, if He hadn't died on the cross, we would not have forgiveness. But you have to appropriate His act of service by confessing your sins, asking Him to forgive you and to come and live in your life and to give you the gift of eternal life. Can we all bow our heads? In this closing moment, if you would like to give your life to Jesus, I'll repeat this, not becoming religious, not joining a church, not crawling on broken glass, no broken glass on the floor, just simply whispering in your heart, Jesus, forgive me, come and live in my heart. If that's you, all ask those, could you raise your hand? and put it down because I want to pray for you in the next few seconds. Anyone here this morning, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Was that a hand, I think? Guys, this is the ultimate humility saying, I need you, Jesus. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Just break the pride. Pride's going to take you nowhere. Most of us have done that. So you're in an environment of people who know what it's like to raise their hand and ask Jesus to come and live inside of You're not the only one, I promise you, we all are. My hand's raised high. Anybody else? Thank you. You could take your hand down. Thank you, take your hand down. Anybody else? Okay, let's pray together. And if you maybe were afraid to put your hand up, that's fine. Just pray the prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for serving me by sending your one and only Son to die for me. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. Please forgive me. Come and live in my heart. Strengthen me through your Holy Spirit so that I might overflow with a heart of gratitude and servanthood. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's stand on our feet. Let's give God a hand. Come on. God, I've got one more important announcement before you leave. And we're going to sing. Guys, we got water baptism now. If you've been baptized, please go and change. And maybe you didn't plan on being baptized. We've got clothing for you. That's the first instruction that God gives us is to be baptized in water. We would love you to join us. We're baptizing now between this service and the next service. Come on, let's, let's sing. Come on, let's worship God as we leave. Thank you so much for joining us.